All right, good morning, everyone. So we are on our second to last week of this topic. Um, we've gone through a lot of, it's almost, I think, 20 weeks. We've exhausted uh, all different ways of the topic of what we call Zionism. For the last two weeks, I want to focus really on the, the ultimate points here, which are, after all is said and done about the Shal Shuas, after all is said and done about the Mitzvah Yishevaretz Shal, after all is said and done about all the various topics of Avadim and Hakol Mal and all the things that we investigated and all the different opinions that we looked at. So when it all comes down to beer, at the end of the day, we said the Shal Shuas is certainly an Agatha Gemara. It's not a Halakha Gemara, no matter how much the Satmar have attempted to make it so. It is not Burdan Halakha anywhere. With that being said, we still take a Gata Gemara seriously. So what is that Gemara trying to tell us with the idea of the Shal Shuas or the various iterations of Shuas that we found, which is What is this idea of not rebelling, of not going up like a wall? And the idea is, is if it's to, to be taken seriously, there's an idea of not forcing the redemption. There's an idea of waiting there's an idea of not attempting to go before the proper time i think that would be a thompson or a, a short firm version what we could say would be one of the understandings to take away and yet for all that being said and i think we'll get to it next week is as to why this might be the case there seems to be an element that allows for some modicum of redemption prior to Mashiach. And that's what I want to investigate today. So we'll start out with a, a Radak. The Radak, the Radak is in Yeshaya. The Radak is bringing down from various different Gemaras. On the one hand, we have Chazal tell us that Mashiach can come riding on a Hamar. On the other hand, he can come riding on the clouds. How is that going to be? So the, the Radak says, really, these kinds of Gemaras, which seem to be contradictory, these kinds of Pesukim, which sound like Shem is going to rescue us, or we're going to somehow go and do the Tshuva, that these are different optionalities that were created in the, by the Nevi'im, reflecting a very deep-seated uncertainty as to how the redemption is actually going to take place. Says the, says the Radak like this. Says that the Gemara tells us that Mashiach is only going to come either in a fully righteous generation or a fully unrighteous generation. So, what does that mean? How's it going to be that Mashiach is going to come in a fully righteous generation? We understand they did chuva, everybody's worthy. How's Mashiach going to come in a fully unrighteous generation? We know we have the Chazal, we talked about by Yitzhak Mitzrayim, right? The Memtesh Shari Tum, it's so terrible, you let him go any further. Forget it. It's going to be too late. So therefore, in a generation that's totally unworthy, it would also force, as it were, Hashem's hand to make Mashiach come. Because otherwise, God forbid, what could happen after that? So, says the, says the Radak. In Yisrael, for sure, if the Jewish people all do tshuva, for sure they're going to be rescued right away. Hundred percent. Some say it's not just enough with tshuva; it has to be tshuva and ma'asim taiva. 
fine. Then he continues. He says, Hine Anuroyim. We see from these all these various different Gemaras that we just alluded to a few of them. Ki misupakim hayu. They had a suffix. The who had a suffix. The Nevi'im had a suffix. Imhiya kibbutz goliath alidei tshuva. Oilav is the eventual redemption, is the eventual ingathering of the exiles. Is that going to happen alidei tshuva or not? If you look at the psukim, it sees that they're contradicting each other throughout Tanakh. You find sometimes it's always talking about tshuva, tshuva, tshuva. Sometimes always about Hashem doing the, all the ingathering. Is it going to be ingathering by Hashem regardless of our tshuva, or is it going to be only as a result of our tshuva? That seems to be a contradiction in the psukim. Says the Radak. What you're seeing in terms of the tension of the different ways of redemption is inherent in the very uncertainty of the Nevi'im themselves as to what the redemption would look like. The Efshel Atarat Tapsukim, possibly you could be Matarat Tapsukim, Maybe you want to say that the way the redemption is going to happen is that most of the Jewish people are going to come back in Tshuva. Once they see signs of redemption, you hear that? Cute, right? How he's doing it, how he's splicing it together. Read it again. Most of the Jewish people are going to do tshuva when after they first see the first glimmers of redemption. So the first is going to be glimmers of redemption, and only then will people do tshuva. So that is to say, they're not going to do tshuva first. They're going to do tshuva only after they start getting convinced that they're getting rescued. So he says that's possibly a way to be able to explain these psukim is that in fact there will be redemption without tshuva, and then people will do tshuva after that. Clear? All right. Another radak. Um, the radak's on a pasuk. Everyone knows a pasuk. We said in a halal on Shabbos. We didn't say it in a halal on Shabbos. What do we say in a halal on Shabbos? And how we say it differently. This we say every day. Right in Shachas, what do we say in Hal differently? And how do we say when I made that right? Tayvlacha says, "Yeah, you daven Hal new." Tayvlacha says, "Hashem." Tayvlacha says, "Hashem minu tayach binadivim." Right? When we say it's better to trust in Hashem than to trust in another. If you look over here, the pasuk here is a little bit odd. The pasuk here says, "Al tiv tochu benedivim, but then Adam shein loy tishua." Don't trust in a in a in a nadiv in the big vir. Don't trust him. But then Adam, don't even trust in a person shein loy tishua. If you're not supposed to trust in the nadiv, shouldn't you trust in the ben Adam? I'm gonna say over a vart that I really shouldn't say. Um, it's a good vart, but unfortunately, unfortunately, I have a bad story with it, which. Uh, Maybe I'll say it off the tape, but the vart is uh, is a good vart. So the vart, the vart is as follows. What does it mean? The pasuk don't trust the nadev. Don't even trust the ben adam. It means like this. Sometimes you have somebody is a nadev you shouldn't trust. Of course, you're supposed to trust Hashem, but sometimes you have a nadev that dresses himself externally as though he's a ben adam, as though he's a real mensch. Even that kind of a person you shouldn't trust. You should only trust Hashem. That's why Ben Adam comes after the Nadav. Anyhow, that wasn't my point. My point is the Radak over here. The Radak on this passage says like this. 
The Radak says, what does it mean, Shein learns sure that they have no ability to save you? What does that mean? Says the Radak like this. Hashem doesn't want, nothing's going to happen. You can't rescue yourself. You can't rescue somebody else. If Hashem doesn't will it, if Hashem doesn't want it, nothing's going to take place. Zero. So, why? Only Hashem brings sure. That's what the passing means. Don't trust anything. Only Hashem. Because nothing else is going to be able to bring you saving. But Hashem doesn't rescue and redeem you like knock on the door. I am Hashem. I'm coming to rescue you. No. He uses there's lots of messages Hashem has to rescue. And he sends messages. Sometimes they seem very incongruous, very odd messages. We can't accept the message. Hey, it doesn't look right. Imagine for a second, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Meshach Rabbeinu with his foreign accent growing up in Pharaoh's palace is coming to rescue the Jewish people. He grew up as an insider to the king. He hasn't been living with them for all these years. He's been in Midian or wherever he's been. He's the one who's going to be the appropriate one to rescue the Jewish people. You can imagine some of the people are like, you know, the famous, the famous letter that went around maybe 20 plus years ago now about somebody saying that he's Mashiach and he comes to one shul, he wasn't wearing the right yarmulke, and then the next shul wasn't wearing the right hat, the next shul wasn't wearing the right coat, the next shul wasn't wearing the right tie. You can imagine, Moshe who comes and says, I'm, I'm going to rescue you. Like the people, like, have you the puzzles, Vayaminam. Right, Aaron came. Aaron was a leader, so he gets believed. But if not for Aaron, I don't know if he would be so easily in the scabble. Why? You're a foreigner. You haven't been living us. Even when you lived in Egypt, you didn't live among us. What are you part of us? Says the Radak. Hashem uses lots of different messengers, and for example, by the end of the of the Churban of the Bayis Rishon, when he's going to bring now the Bayis who did he use? He used Kairish, Cyrus. The most famous thing about Cyrus, everyone knows, the Cyrus cylinder, right? But for us, the most famous thing about Cyrus is the fact that he allowed the Jewish people to come back. And so too in the future, says the Radak, this is an unbelievable line. Says the Radak, in the future, redemption, meaning at the end of the of the second temple, Hashem is going to redeem the Jewish people on the on the on the uh, behalf of the non-Jewish kings, sheyeor es rucham l'shalcham that they are going to be awakened. Their racham rachmanes is going to be awakened for a moment, for a time, in order to save them back. We quoted, if you remember, Rabbi Salavechik in his six addresses on the topic of Zionism said that he thinks that maybe the only reason that the United Nations was created was for a moment that they had sympathy for the Jewish people a few years after the Holocaust to let them back. Listen to that right again. That Hashem is going to use a messenger. Hashem's not redeeming us himself. He's going to be using a third party. He's going to be using messengers. Who will that be? The non-Jewish kings. Perhaps, as Rabbi Salavitchik suggested, the United Nations. But the Radak concludes over here and says that the reason Hashem is doing that is because they over there, he says that they believed in Hashem, which as we're saying from our Rizalvechik, if this is the United Nations, it certainly wasn't the case that a majority of the Jewish people believed in Hashem.
So now let's get into a little bit more. But what we're seeing from now, was you see the first Radak, it tells us that not so clear about when redemption happens, the Pesukim are contradictory. Even the Nevi'im maybe didn't have a whole clear picture exactly what happens. You see a second Radak that is convinced that Hashem doesn't redeem exactly himself. This is not like Makis Bechayres, right? This is not a Kodesh but Bechayres He uses messengers. Even by Makis Bechayres, there's a whole discussion of the Mashkas. I don't want to get into that now. That's really a tangent. But Hashem uses messengers. He used messengers like Kairish, and he uses, is going to use, Lassid Lava says the Radak, writing a thousand years ago, he's going to use messengers. The Malchia Gaim are going to have Rachmanis on the Jewish people to let them back in. So now we go to a, a, uh, a Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi and Brachas. Yerushalmi and Brachas, it also appears in the Medish Rabbah, different versions, some different names, but the same basic principle. It says the Yerushalmi that Rabbi Chia and Shimma Chalafta, they were walking, they were walking. And they saw a valley at the dawn, and it was lighting up, and it was, it was, uh, you know, the the whole valley was getting lit up. Right? They saw the breaking of the dawn. He says, "This is how the gula of the Jewish people is going to be. Kima, kima, it's going to be piece by piece, slowly, slowly." Now, for me, there's nothing in Chazal that's like random. Like these people, they, they don't say anything, but they just use a word and it's supposed to remind you of another word. So you find all this intertextuality in Tanakh. That's what makes it so unbelievable to read. Every time you read, you find some new level, some new thing you didn't think of the last time. And it's the same in Chazal. Chazal are using illusions here. And the allusion that they're using here is not an illusion, an allusion they're using is clearly to me is the Gemara and Yuma. When the Gemara compares, the Gemara compares Esther Tayyasa Shachar. And I can prove that I'm right because the very next line of the Gemara is, and this Yerushalmi, which is also in the Medrash, telling us that what? That the, the, the redemption of the Jewish people is going to be Kimo Kimo, is going to be slowly, slowly, continues on the Gemara. My time, how do I know? The Gemara says, uh, and says, so too, Kach was by where? By Mordechai. Mordechai Yeshi Bishar Mordechai was sitting by the gate of the king. Then Haman had to come and put him on the king's horses and dress him like the king's royal garb. Mordechai returned to the wall. In other words, what's the Gemara and this Medish in the Medish Rabbah telling us is that the way the, the way it works and the redemption loss of love is going to be Kima Kima. And where did I see that? I saw that by Mordechai. I saw that by the story of Purim. And what's the thing that we're talking about, what they saw? They saw that Yela Sashachar. They saw the breaking of the dawn of how the sun, it comes up slowly, 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 and the, the light, the rays start to shine more and more. If you're ever in like on the ocean or whatever, you see like how it goes, you can literally watch it happen. And that's why you have a valley where it's very wide open. You could see how the how the how the the sun is coming out and, and lining it up slowly. There's Gemara Yuma that tells us that Esther is compared to Aliyah Sashacha. Say Chazal said that she said a Keli That was one of the prayers. She said. But the Gemara says different reasons that Esther is compared to Aliyah Sashacha. And one of the reasons of the Gemara is that just like the Shachar is a safe Kol Alayla, Esther is safe Kol Just like Esther 
is just like the 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 dawn. Just like the dawn is after the the night, so too, and, and there's no more night after that. So too Esther is after um, there's no more miracles. In other words, there were miracles, right? They were started out right? we had in, in, in the first bias. In the first bias, we have so many miracles, right? The Gemara, actually also in human, the Gemara tells us all the different miracles that in the first parak, all the different miracles that we lost at the end of the first bias, right? There's no more, there's no more there's no more fire, there's no more the and all these things are gone. But in the second bias, we have, we save the seed right here. Um, in, in, in the second bias, we have no miracles. In the second bias, we have no more miracles. What does it mean, no more miracles? It means everything's going to happen on the natural. So put let's put these various things together. On the one hand, we have the Radak who's saying that the Nevi'im were misupic in terms of how is the order of the redemption. Number two, we saw what? That the, 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 the Radak suggested that at the end of the day, it's going to be that the redemption is going to happen with the Rishus of the Malchai Agoyim. The, the same way that Kerish gave Rishus, the same way the Malchai Agoyim are going to give Rishus. But the Rachmanus of the Malchai Agoyim are connecting that perhaps to the United Nations idea. Then we're saying that we have the, 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 the what do you call it? The, um, the Yerushalmi and the Gemara Numa. The Yerushalmi and the Gemara Numa are both telling us that Esther, Ayal Sashachar, Kimo Kimo means that the redemption is going to happen slowly, slowly. And it's going to happen slowly, slowly, just like the same way that things happen in natural progression without miracles, which is what we learned after Purim, there was going to be no more miracles. That's why Purim has no Hashem's name. The whole entire Geula that Purim stands for happened in a non-miraculous fashion, happened in a very natural fashion. So the same way we see that by Purim, we're going to see that all that after. And the Gemara is being saying that in relation to the eventual Geula Shlema happening, Kimo Kimo, happening slowly, slowly. In a natural fashion, because of the what, of the of the feelings, of the non-Jewish kings, that's how it's going to happen. So far, we're good. All right, continue another medrash. The medrash Tanhuma says, unbelievable medrash. The medrash says that Yosef made a mistake when he was misgala himself to the brothers. He made a mistake. He should have been misgala himself slowly. Instead, what happened? The pasuk tells us that Yosef wasn't able to hold himself back. He couldn't take it anymore. He said, you know what? Everybody got to get out. Right? He throws everybody out of the room. And who's left? Only his brothers. And he says, says the Medrash. The brothers were not able to respond to this. They were from shock. The Pesach tells us, they were not able to respond because of their, 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 their feeling of repulsion. Says the medish, it wasn't just repulsion. It was the shock. They were shocked. So if you're so shocked, you can't respond. Says the medish, that's why we're not going to have the Gula Shlema like this, because we don't want to be like Yosef. We want to do it in a slow, slow way so you can become accustomed, acculturated, used to what the new reality is. Slowly, slowly, says the medish. Says the medish, says the medish, Right in the beginning of the bar, says the Tanhuma, He's not going to reveal himself to the Jewish people at one time. Imagine, says the Medish, if the brothers couldn't handle the the, the Nizgalos of Yosef Atzadik, imagine us, Kaviachal, Hashem was Nizgal himself does. 
we wouldn't be alive. It would be simply no, be no existence anymore. That's why it has to be done slowly, slowly. And the measure we learned this out from Yosef, that it didn't work out that his scholars, so therefore, Allah love Hashem is going to do it a very different way, as it were. There's no way we could possibly withstand such a such a, a realization. That's the the method. All right. So if we're, we're good. But now I want to go to another Yushami. This is Yushami in Maitha Shani. And Yushami says like this. Omrab Akham. Zeisei Meres. Shabes HaMikdash. Osid Lihibonois. Koydem Lamachos Beis David. The Medrash says here clearly that there's going to be a Beis HaMikdash before Mashiach. Again. Shabes HaMikdash. Osid Lihibonois. Koydem Lamachos Beis David. There will be a Beis HaMikdash before Mashiach comes. So what we've said before, just to hold everything in cup, is that redemption is going to happen kima kima. Redemption is going to happen in a natural way. Redemption is going to happen ayaday what? Ayaday the 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 uh, the malchi agayim having rachmanis. And now we're adding in a new bit. And the new bit that we're adding is there could even be a base hamikdash before malchus based up before Mashiach. So we're not just talking about having redemption. We're not just talking about coming back there to Israel. We're talking about having a base hamikdash, a functioning base hamikdash without Mashiach, without having Malchus based up. That's the Rishon. Now, the the um, the what do you call it? Nate Meisha over here says. I'll just quote a little bit of it. He says in the whole Arichas, and he says like this: it "says the binyan base hamikdash la'asid." Says the binyan based hamikdash, what the Rishon is telling us is going to happen before the 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 malchus based David uh, is is set up, and and the reason for that. And and the 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 reason for this is. And the reason for this is because you're still at this stage not having a redemption. You still at this stage haven't had all the you know Muhammad of Gagamug. You still haven't been Kavish all the all the world around. So you could have effectively, you don't have the the the, the redemptive goal of a peace on earth. That stuff hasn't happened yet. So you have. Um, an in-gathering, you have a scout of, of Goliath, you have a, a Jews coming back, you have a rebuilding of the Mikdash, then you're going to have Malchus based David, Mashiach come, and all the various wars, etc., that he will fight will happen after that. That's so far another another um, idea that we're, we're adding into this uh, uh, variety of it. Now I want to go to the Mishnah Maishashenim, the Mishnah Maishashani talks about it, that they, when they had Karim Ravai, normally you have to come to the Beis HaMikdash. You have to come to the Yushalayim. To, to, to um, you know, but the Mishnah says that they made a Takana. The Machleg is exactly what Takana was, but essentially the Takana was that they, that they didn't have to come to Yushalayim. If they just saw Yushalayim was enough, they didn't have to actually walk into Yushalayim. And, and this Machleg is why they made such a Takana. But one of the opinions is that the reason that they made this takana was after the Beis HaMikdash, they made it takana, you don't have to bring Karim Ravai to Yerushalayim. Why? 
because they didn't want Yushalayim to be Nisatib from having so many beautiful fruits. Why? Because Yushalayim is under the control of the, the Romans, whoever, you know, at, at whatever period of time. And, and they didn't want to be providing like a, an economic boom to Yushalayim when it's in the hands of, of the enemy. Right? So it's like a, a boycott. Right? They're like boycotting Yushalayim but not doing camera vibe. Says the Mishnah, says uh, says Rabbi Yaisi, that they they made a tanai in their in their new takana said don't come to Shalayim. They made a, a qualification in the in, in the takana. What's the qualification of the takana? The takana is that when they want then they're going to be able to return it to the back to the way it initially was. Says the says the why did they have to make a, a tanai like this in the takana? They're making a takana, you don't have to bring camera by Yushalayim anymore. And according to Abiyasi, that's after the second basement. So as I said, why do they have to make a tanai in the takana? that says, like, okay, but if you change your mind, then you can come back. Says the says the um because we know that if you normally make anything more Megillah, right? If you make a if you make a uh takana, right? It, 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 and let's say it's a a, a bezin wants to remove the takana. So if they're not a bezin that's big enough, they can't. They simply can't. So therefore, they inbuilt in this takana not to bring Karen to Yushalayim. Why? So they shouldn't be making the Goyim and who are leading Yushalayim be looking successful and having a good economy. They don't want them to have a good economic boom in Yushalayim when it's in the hands of an enemy. Fine? Okay. They're boycotting Yushalayim. Seder. Now, but what happens one day, says Yantif, when we want to go back and bring the fruits to Yushalayim, why is that? Because we have Yushalayim again. Because we're in control of Yushalayim. So if we're in control of Yushalayim, then what's the problem? We have Mashiach. And if we have Mashiach, then we should be able to be, Mashiach is going to be greater, right? The, 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 the Ramam says that even though Mashiach is going to be Kimat, a Navi like Mashiach, he won't be a bigger Navi like Mashiach, but he's going to be Kimat, right? He's going to be much greater than, than everybody that came before him, almost like Mashiach, so he'll be able to take away the, the Taikana. Says that says Yandis question. That says Yandis. No, you don't understand how the order of redemption works. The order of redemption is going to be that the Jewish people are going to be back in Eretz Yisrael, and they're going to be back in Yushalayim, and they will not have a great Bezdin. Why won't they have a great Bezdin? Mashiach didn't come yet. They're going to have control over Yushalayim, not the Goyim, so they're going to want to bring Cameron by again. But they're not going to be able to eradicate the Takana. The Takana said, you don't bring it to Yushalayim anymore. You just bring it to the outskirts where you can see Yushalayim. Then you will have a Takana that can't be eradicated. Why can't you eradicate it? Because the, the, the people in control that time are not going to be such a Katika, like the, oh, like the, the, the generation. But it's not. Um, so therefore, they made the Takana with the Tanai. The Tanai is like a snapback, you know, like in the sanctions, called a snapback. So you, they would just be able to to use the tonight to knock away the Takana because it's inbuilt as part of the Takana. And why is that? Because you're going to have a redemption without having Mashiach. That's the line of the of the um, of the Tais Yandif. Read it inside for a second. So he says, he says, Kibinya Mikdash, Yushami. He says, We're going to have the Jewish people back in control of Yushalayim. We're going to have a base of Mikdash. And Mashiach's not going to be here yet. As what? We just saw in the Yushalmi, Maishashen, that we just quoted. So we, we have our panoply of views on this point, on this side of saying 
Like, okay, yes, there is 100% the idea of not rushing the redemption. And next week, we're going to be focusing on that aspect again. But what we're saying is there seems to be a significant amount of sources that suggest that the order of redemption is not always what we were thought, which is that we're going to be redeemed when Mashiach comes. That perhaps it's not like that. Perhaps there's going to be an element of redemption. There's going to be a kibbutz Goliath. And there's not going to be even be Mashiach. In fact, from the Yushami, we say that the redemption is going to happen Kimo Kimo. We see from the Yushami, we see from the Bible, it's going to happen without Nisim. We see it's going to happen all your day. Rachmanis of the Gentile nations. And we go so far as to say that there will even be a base Hamikdash and still no Machas based off it. So far, we're holding cock. So now let's move on. So the, 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 the what do you call? The last line I'll just mention, it says, that the Tezion is saying that until Mashiach actually comes, the Gentile nations are going to still have some hand over us. To me, this line always, always reminds me of when, when some people say, okay, well, you know, we have a state of Israel, we should be able to do whatever we want, we're powerful. It's like the nations of the world, they still have their hand on us a little bit, right? They're still condemning us all the time in the United Nations. They're still challenging us about various different things. Israel is always a permanent item. That line of the Tezion says that, yes, you're going to be an Eretz, so you're going to be in control of, the, of Yushalai. And you maybe you're going to want to bring back Karabai. And yes, you can even have a base at Mikdash. But imagine what it would be like if today. The Jewish people in Israel decided, there were certainly always a, a, a few, but imagine if those few became the majority and they decided they're knocking down the dome of the rock, they're putting up the base of Mikdash today. Imagine what's going to happen in the world. This Pesach is exactly to my mind. Yeah, we may be sovereign, but it's not 100% sovereignty. Let's be clear. All right. So I want to move on to uh, Arashi. The weird Pasik. Pasik says that Rashi is darshaning. Pasik says, David Melech is writing that Hashem should remember him. Hashem needs Hashem to remember him. What does he mean? So Rashi brings down a Medish to him. And the Medish to him says there was an example of a, 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 um, a person, a Mela. He had, a, he had a, a, a sheep pen and he got very angry at the shepherd. He's angry at the sheep. He's angry at everybody. He throws them all out. So the king gets rid of all of his sheep's luck. He doesn't want him anymore. And at some point, he has a change of heart. So he rebuilds the pen and he lets the sheep back in. But he doesn't bring back the shepherd. And the shepherd's crying, hey, what about me? Remember me? I was your shepherd. You're bringing back the sheep pen. You're bringing back the sheep. Bring me back too. Says, this is the Medrash Talim. Says Rashi that the, the shepherd wasn't remembered. So the Roya is begging to be remembered also. HaKadosh Baruch is going to remember Zion. Hashem is going to remember the Jewish people. Hashem is going to bring back the Jewish people, those who love him. He's going to bring them back to Eretz Yisrael. The sheep pen, in this case, Eretz Yisrael, is built, rebuilt. But David 
But Machas Beisdav is not yet remembered. Please remember me, save me. In other words, this Medrash Tehillim is an exact, it's an exact marshal parable for what we're talking about. As that is to say, we haven't rebuilt Eretz Yisrael. We haven't rebuilt Yerushalayim. We don't yet have a Beit HaMikdash. And where's David? And where's Machos Beit David? David Lahaska says in David HaMelech also wants to be remembered because it's possible to have the Gul without him. The Ramban, and they call Kisvi the Ramban. I don't want to get into whether or not this is an actual Ramban. Um, it's a commentary on the Shirashirim. You ever look at the Kokis of the Ramban? You have to read all the introductions as to whether or not these are legitimate Rambans or not. Shirashim is one of the controversial ones, is it the Ramban or not? But even if it's not the Ramban, it's certainly one of the great Rishayim who lived in uh, uh, in his time. The Rabbi Israel, one of the great Kabbalists. You don't know 100% who it is, but it's in the Kokis of the Ramban. Potentially, it's the Ramban. I don't know for sure. Says says the the the, the potential Ramban on Shir Hashir says on the Pasuk like this, and the Jewish people are going to anoint a Mashiach. The Jewish people are going to anoint somebody to be like the Mashiach. And they're going to come to Yerushalayim. They're going to come to Israel. And they're going to rebuild Yerushalayim. Is going to build the Yerushalayim, is going to rebuild Israel, and then he's going to die in war. <laughs> this sounds like a what? We call Mashiach ben Yisrael. Yes? Mashiach ben Yisrael is not going to last forever. That's what this sounds like. It's like Mashiach is going to come, he's going to rebuild Yerushalayim, he's going to rebuild Eretz and then he's going to die. Well, I love them. And that's what the Pasuk says. And there's going to be a great husband in Yerushalayim. That's what the Pasuk tells us. The Achar came. So remember, the Jewish people have appointed somebody who's a leader who's going to rebuild Yerushalayim. And then what's going to happen? What's going to happen is he's going to die in a war. And after that, and then more Jews are going to come from around the world back into Eretz Yisrael. And they're going to put them upon themselves a leader. And that's going to be Mashiach ben David. And he's going to bring all, finish up all the kibbutz ghosts, bring all the Jews back. And that Malchus is never going to finish Lo'elam while there is uh, still the uh, humanity on earth. The Jewish people will be led by Malchus Yisrael. And this is what it means in the Pasuk. We say it every fast day, right? What do we say? What do we mean? We're going to gather in on top of the ones that are already gathered because they will already be gathered to and now we're going to have an additional gathering. I'm going to gather more on what's already gathered. This is the drasha that they're making and it's based upon this idea that there's going to be um, two different kibbutz girls. There's going to be initial kibbutz girls with the Mashiach and Yosef and then later on, kibbutz goes from Mashiach and David, and says this Ramban, Maybe it'll be a long time between these two different kibbutz goliaths. Again, want to be clear, there was no quote-unquote Mashiach and Yosef who was acknowledged as a Mashiach and Yosef, 
No one is saying that Dave Ben Gurion or Chaim Weizmann, but the idea that there was a kibbutz Goliath, and then potentially a very long time before another kibbutz Goliath that we have seen, right? We certainly have seen that today, a if not majority, certainly almost the majority of the Jewish people live in Eretz Yisrael, without a doubt, and it will be an absolute majority in the next few years if it's not yet already. So it's certainly been a kibbutz Goliath the Jewish people to the land of Israel. But that's not a full gospel. We have still a significant amount of Jews in America, in Europe, Western Europe, and other places like that. So what the Ramban, I'm, I'm using this Ramban for is again, the same idea, although he's talking about it in terms of Mashiach. But what I'm using him for is the idea that there could be a lot of time between the different kibbutz scholars, that there could be an ingathering of Jewish people to the land of Israel. And then, Nothing. And then there's no Mashiach Medavid. There's no loss of love type of thing happening of the Mashiach's coming out. That could be a very distant future. Okay? Now, I want to bring it down in a way that many, many on the Datilu Umi side talk about. They don't, I don't know if they necessarily use this Sfarno, but to me this Sfarno is 100%. This is unbelievable Sfarno. The Pasuk brought down the end of Subis. The Gemara there talks about how Ula, right, when you come to Eretz Yisrael, he would roll around in the dirt. You ever see anybody get off the plane from El Al and, uh, and, and they go kiss the ground? It's based upon this Gemara, th- this Pasuk and, and that Gemara. The Pasuk tells us, right, right, Hashem is going to be Merachim on Tzion. There's a time that is going to come that he's going to have um, find favor for the Jewish people. Why, says the Pasuk? Because the servants are going to find the ground beloved and they're going to find favor in the dust. That's how the Gemara said that Ula, right, he would roll around in the dust, right, of Eretz Yisrael, wherever he would come. And that's why you have people to this very day, when they get to Eretz Yisrael, they mamish kiss the ground. Because the idea, they even love the dust of Eretz Yisrael. Says this far note. Even though the generation is not worthy, the generation is not worthy of, of a redemption. Nevertheless, the Jewish people are going to nevertheless still be roy to get the redemption, even though they're not worthy, not tzaddikim. They're going to still be worthy of getting such a redemption. Why? Says the Sparno. Because they, the, the Jewish people found the stones, the dust of Israel to be beloved, to be. Uh, um, um, worthy. The Pasuk tells us that Meish Rabbeinu right, was going after the Jewish people because they didn't want to go into the land of Israel. After the spies came back, they started to cry. They cried all night, right? They wanted Meish Rabbeinu says, no, it's a great, the Caliph said it's a great land. Meish Rabbeinu says, like, this is terrible. They wanted to stone Meish Rabbeinu and Aaron. They were found the land of Israel to be meals. They found the land of Israel to be disgusting. Says the Svarno, you want to know, we could be to a redemption without being worthy of the redemption. How are you going to be zeichet to a redemption without being worthy of the redemption? Because because you find the land, beloved, that you're not zakai, 
you nevertheless still roy to get a redemption. Why? Because you're not being mayas on the land. And if you think this is like, okay, it's a Sparno random. It's not just a Sparno random. We're going to lane. We're going to lane in a couple of weeks. A few weeks after Yantif, we're going to read the, 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 what do you call it? The Teichka. Very scary, very sad, all about the Shemitah not keeping air to show. At the end of the Teichka, what did Pazit tell us? Pazit tells us that Hashem is going to remember. He's going to remember Yaakov. He's going to remember Yitzhak. And he's going to remember Avram. And how does the Pazit conclude? The Aretz Esther. The land he's going to remember. And the Mepharshim say on that, that even if all the schools of all the others is not enough, the very land itself, Hashem will remember, and that will be enough. So if the Jewish people start appreciating the land of Israel, the land of Israel is not like Uganda. It's not just another place. No, there's something special, intrinsically valuable in every, in every speck of dust, even on the ground. And Hashem can give you a redemption, even if you don't deserve it at all. And in fact, this, as I say, is a, is a, was a common theme by Rav Cook. By, and others who followed thereafter, and others who, who didn't follow him. For example, like the um, the Bottom Smith, who said it was from the Satma, was very different, you know, very different line. It was before Satma, but that same kind of Hungarian Judaism, they felt that there was a value that is not being appreciated of these people who were settling the land of Israel, were not from at all. They were, in fact, many of them were anti pyramids but they, they found the land of Israel to be beloved. The land of Israel is finally to be beloved. Why well, is that a value? That's a value. Says the Sparno, that itself is a value. That's what it means in the positive power. It's Eskar, God is broken for us. The land valuable. If you find the land valuable, that's itself a mitzvah. You can be denying everything. But that's actually a very important mitzvah that the, the Dara Midbar themselves didn't tap onto. They didn't appreciate. They found the land Mios. They didn't want to be a part of it. All right. Now, Go to another Gemara. The Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin, unbelievable Gemara. The Gemara says to us that Amr of Alexandria, why do we call, uh, why, why is there a rabbi named Alexander? There's a, there's an Aruch. There's an Aruch that says that because Alexander, Gemara Numa tells us that, uh, that the, the Shamran and whatever, they were doing promise for the Jewish people and they wanted to hurt the Jewish people. And Shimon HaTzadik went to go meet Alexander the Great. And he was dressed in all the finery, the Shemayin and Begadim. And he sees Alexander. Alexander bows down. Mark says, why are you bowing down to me? The, the people say, why are you bowing down to this Jew? He says, this Jew, I see him every time I'm going to war. I see him in front of me. So he asks what happened. He says that the Shemayin are giving us problems. So he says, you do whatever you want. They get rid of the Shemayin. <laughs> says the Ark, as a result of Alexander the Great, being so nice to the Jewish people, so we took upon ourselves to name our kids Alexander. I tell you, I have uh, uh, even to this day by the Hasidim, right? You have a lot of kids named Alexander. If you go back, it goes all the way back. Anyhow, uh, a tangent. But Amr of Alexander, the Gemara says that uh, we have a Stephen process. Is either Gula going to happen in its right time or then it's going to be rushed? The Gemara says, depends. That if it's Zachu Achishana, if the Jewish people are Zaycha, then it's going to be Rush. If they're not Zaycha, then it's going to be Be'ita. Says the Archaim. The Archaim is in Balak. The Archaim says like this 
If the Jewish people are going to be Zeichet to Mashiach, if they're going to be doing what they, you know, whatever they have, they're going to do exactly what's the best, they're going to be on such a high madrega, then it's going to be Nisim Neflos, it's going to be Oisupela, it's going to be Lamalam and Atava, the Gula. Goyal is going to come down, you know, with fire and brimstone. It's going to be all miraculous, all above nature. Like it says in the Zoyar, etc. Masha ain't came. However, he says, if the redemption is happening, because that's the time, and that's the time that the, this redemption has to occur, but not because these Jewish people in Nebuchadnezzar, they're not worthy. Then the Yisrael, Ruim law, then it's going to be in a very, very different way. It's not going to be miraculous at all. That's what it means. As opposed to coming by Nani Akavit, it's going to come on a very poor donkey. So this gives us now an additional aspect to everything we've been saying. Until. Right? So what we've been saying until now is that the Gula comes. It's going to come slowly, slowly. It's going to come like the dawn. It's going to come without miracles. After us, there's no more miracles. It's going to come like in the story of Purim. No miracles. Without Hashem, we're now saying an additional aspect of that. We're saying perhaps the reason for this might be we said this before, maybe it's because it became very much beloved with the land itself, right? The early Zionists in the 1800s, they just want, well, not that early, maybe, but a little bit later, the, the earliest Zionists were all from, but a little bit after that, they were not from at all anymore, that they had one mitzvah. A very important one that they actually wanted to go back to the land. They wanted to redeem the land itself, even if it didn't have any other spiritual connotation. Just that itself is a very significant mitzvah that we should not put aside. And now here we have a different aspect from the Arachayim, based upon the Gemara. The, the idea is that it could very well be that there is a notion that redemption happens in a natural way if you're not deserving. If it's the point in time, if it's appropriate for something to happen. It's going to happen naturally, but only happen supernaturally if your mama shoots Sadiqim, if you yourself are going way beyond. So then, okay, you're the above nature stuff. But without that, it all happens in a very natural fashion without Akadosh Baruch's seeming involvement. But we said already the Radak and the Radak, and I'm personally more, uh, I find this, Rabbi has a lot of arichas on, on this, if you look at his, his book on Purim. The idea that post-Purim, there's no more miracles. From now on, everything has to happen. And that is exactly the test. The test of the Jewish people post the, the nays of Purim, which was a situation where it wasn't so obvious. And if you remember, the, the Gemara tells us, both in Shalman and the Bavli, that they had to have Igeris Hashanis, they had to have two letters. And the Gemara says to us that the reason for that was because it wasn't necessarily so accepted. If you look, the reason why it might not be accepted is for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons certainly is the fact that it was difficult for people to see that it was Hashem involved. Where was the big names? Well, nothing happened. No, no, says Mordechai and Esen, that this is exactly what you have to celebrate. And that's why there are some Chazals that say on, the, on this the idea, that it's going to be Purim that's going to last loss and lava. Why Purim is going to be last? Why not, why not Pesach? We're about to celebrate Pesach. Why not Pesach loss and lava? No, Purim. Why Purim? Because it's precisely over here. 
that when you can recognize, when it's not obvious, that's the biggest challenge. So we saw on the Radak that the redemption is going to happen. It's going to happen in a natural way because they're going to have mercy on us. It's not going to happen like Hashem's coming down. It's going to be like a Kairish. It's going to be like the United Nations. All right. So now I would like to move to in the time that we have left. I'd like to move to a um, Let, 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 let's skip a, a little bit. We'll go, maybe we'll come back to that in a few minutes. So I'd like to move to uh, a letter. This letter is included in the introduction of the of the um, of the book that Tzvirish Kalisha wrote. Tzvirish Kalisha was the first person, right, who started pushing the idea to go back there. So we talked about him before, if you remember, because the letters from Rosham Shafal Hirshtim to stop bothering him about, you know, trying to go back there. So you remember those the, those conversations, hopefully. If not, the short idea was Rosham Shafal had a very different opinion, which is definitely impacted the German Jewish community as their feelings about Zionism. Where Rosham Shafal was very, very much in disagreement. But in the beginning of the book that he wrote, called Rishas Tzion, he has a lot of letters from different rabbis who wrote to him supporting him, like approbations for what he's trying to do. One of the letters from the Malbim. This is the Malbim writes. The Malbim writes to Tzirish Kalcher. Today, if you go to the north of Israel, um, right near Beit Shan, there's two settlements, there's two, uh, two Moshavim. Um, you probably know them because if you ever go to like the supermarket and you want to get cold cuts, they have from Israeli companies, right? It's called Tiras Tzvi. Right, you ever see it? Yeah. And our Stelio, the two people, the first person was Miyasa, which was Kalsha, the second one was Abelio Gutmacher. Abelio Gutmacher, very, very, very well accepted. Find his comments in the back of the Gemara. These were the two main Miyasa to found the Chayvetziyah. The first person, as I say, is a Tzirish Kalsha. In his book that he wrote called Jerusha Tzirah, and he has a, uh, a letter from the Malbim. The Malbim writes like this Everything that you're writing, it's 100% legit. It's 100% right. And he says, I have a lot of proofs to what you're saying from my own commentary. My commentary on the album is very much in accordance with what you're writing. And he says like this, The gula is going to be growing slowly, slowly. Kimo, kimo. It's going to be like the dawn, right? Like that Yushami that we saw, Kim or Kim. It's going to go slowly. It's going to keep on going slowly, slowly until you get to the midday, until you get to a full, full daylight. First is going to be a settlement again of Jewish people in the land of Israel. And the Jewish people are going to be back in the land of Israel before Mashiach. As I already wrote in my own commentary that I published on Yeshaya on the Pasuk of the term and also by the Sukkim dealing with I explained very well. The Jewish people are going to be in the land of Israel first. And who, who, who would give? Who would give such a thing? 
to have such an ability of she as man lazel isrot and it should be a good time for this to happen. Says the Malbam that what you're doing, Ravitirish Kalasha, Ravitirish Kalasha, as I, I meant, as I mentioned then, right, was a Talmud Rabbi Eger. And he thought that going back there to Israel was really, at least he started out as a way to fight the, what was the, then the reform movement in Germany, which was very powerful and on the upswing. And many, many people were like sort of losing their interest. In traditional Judaism. So he thought if everybody goes back there to Israel, then it's going to be a situation where there'll be less, the regnant culture of, 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 of Germany will, or, or the acculturated elite will be less impactful on the Jewish people. If the Jewish people have their own ghetto again back in the airline of Israel, there won't be so many people around them trying to convince them to leave and go into the various different um, philosophies and technologies and sciences and all the other things that take them away from Judaism. That was his initial motivating idea and eventually builds it out into this whole philosophy that there's an idea that you're actually supposed to come to Eretz Yisrael first. He writes this book. This is the letter from the Malb. You look at the Malb in Yeshaya. The Malb was quoting well from his own Sefer because that's exactly what he writes in Yeshaya. Says the Malb, what does it mean by term Yolada? A long time before Mashiach comes. He says, Small amount of people are going to come from the diaspora. They're going to, they're going to start living again and resettling in Jerusalem. And after a long period of time, remember, he's not writing in the 1900s. He's not writing in the 1948. The mom is writing in the 1850s. He's writing before 1860s. He's writing before Rebetzirah Shkalsha wrote up his whole thing in the 1880s. This is before that. So he's saying that there's going to be Jewish people going to come back to the land of Israel. They're going to live in the land of Israel. They're going to rebuild Jerusalem. And it's going to be a significant amount of time from when they do all that to when Mashiach comes. Then there's going to be the birth pangs of Mashiach. And that's what's going to be the Mechemist Kibbutz That's what's going to be the national Kibbutz Goliath when all of the Jewish people from around the world are going to come in. It's the Malbuk. Now, as I, I always try to show that there's two sides to the Indian. This is not something that was well known. It's certainly not something that was accepted by everyone. I'll bring you one example of this. If you look at the Mar Brachas, the Mar tells us. When does Hashem rebuild Yerushalayim? When the scattered diaspora of the Jewish people return. And when does Hashem build Yerushalayim? When the when the when the when the when the people are all scattered around when they come back. So what does it sound like? They first have to come back, and then Hashem will build Yerushalayim. Exactly what we've been saying. Yes, but look at Rashi over there. And Rashi over there says not that way. Rashi over there says, Hashem. Hashem is going to first rebuild Yerushalayim. And only then the Nadachim would be coming back. 
that's not what the Gemara said. The Gemara said, when I say Hashem is going to build Yerushalayim after the, so why is that? I think because again, the idea is not a very, what we're saying maybe is what actually occurred, but it's not necessarily an idea that was thought of for a thousand years, for 2,000 years. For 2,000 years, if you would have asked somebody, when are you going back to Eretz Yisrael? Mashiach comes. Mashiach said, when Mashiach comes, that's I'm going to go back. So this is what the revolution was in the 1880s. This idea, we're going to go back to Yisraelim, we're going to go back to Eretz Yisrael before Mashiach. Again, we have sources. We've shown you Hashem, we've shown here and there. But it's not the regnant opinion. The regnant opinion is like Rashi. So if Rashi reinterprets the Gemara, that on his face would seem not to be that way. Because the basic idea was we're going to be going back. When is the Kibbutz Goals going to happen? When Mashiach comes. We're not going to go back before. All right. So, and, and, and there's another Malbim also in Micha and, and, and Sahil. And the Malbim says the same thing a number of different times. I see that we're, we're, out, we're short on our time. And we just quoted the letter of the Malbim. So that will be it. We'll, we'll stop over here. Um, and then next week will be our last week on this. And um, we'll, 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 we'll talk a, a more on this topic about um, the order of redemption. And then uh, that'll be it for, uh, for this topic. What's the next topic? The next topic, you have to tell me what you want it to be.